Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. A stone's throw from McDonald's. He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Hey, good morning to you. It is January 6th, 2021. It's the first Wednesday of 2021. I don't know if this is an issue that I have or if you're experiencing the same thing, but I keep wanting to say 2020 as opposed to 2021, which God knows why, because I wanted to get out of 2020 more than I'd ever wanted to get out of a year in my life. I'm sure you agree with that. Anyway, let's get right into it. The Alice in Dairyland finals have been canceled. They were supposed to take place in Walworth County this upcoming May, but due to the pandemic, that is not happening. Caitlin Riley will have an update for us on that straight ahead. And also, just something that I want to make you aware of, registration is now open for the virtual 2021 Wisconsin Agricultural Outlook Forum. This is something that normally happens on the UW campus in Madison. Obviously, it's not because of the way the world is, but there's still going to be a lot of good content And that is taking place on Tuesday, January 26th from 9 a.m. to noon. So, again, registration is open, and the link for that can be found at MidwestFarmReport.com. Markets, weather, news, all that is straight ahead, and I'm Josh Scramlin. Former Alice in Dairyland and current Farm Report extraordinaire, Caitlin Riley, joins us from La Crosse in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. You know truck duallys, but have you thought about a dual career providing the ability to farm and work for great benefits? From farm implement parts to medical equipment to power tools, Signacast builds the things that help build America. Work shifts allow for 78 fewer days at work per year. Signacast is now hiring production and maintenance employees at their Hartford location, a clean, high-tech workplace. Build your future at Signacast.com slash careers. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Traditions are hard to break, but in Wisconsin, one will be broken this coming summer. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and I guess nobody better to talk to about this than our own Caitlin, because Caitlin, you went through the Alice and Dairyland finals, but unfortunately, no young lady is going to be able to do it this summer, huh? 
That's right, Bob. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley. And I went through that finals process, not once but twice, because I was pretty eager to hold the title as Alice in Dairyland. And it is a lot of work, not only for the candidates, but especially for the counties who applied and are trying to do the fundraising and planning to host for that year. As we know, Walworth County had some hiccups when COVID-19 broke in the U.S. in March, and they made adjustments to host that finals virtually. They were supposed to get another chance at it this year, but the decision came down on Monday to essentially postpone Alice in Dairyland program. They canceled the 74th Alice in Dairyland finals. The current Alice in Dairyland will continue serving for another year. And I sat down to virtually chat with Krista Kanigi yesterday. She's the administrator of the Department of Agriculture's Division of Agricultural Development to talk about how they came to that conclusion to adapt the program and the way they did. As you might imagine, it was a very difficult decision to cancel the 2021 Alice finals, and we just made the public announcement today. And we wanted to do that early because we really wanted to let Walworth County have ample time to make arrangements for potentially hosting a future finals. As you know, there's a lot that goes into hosting a finals And the opportunity for a county to host really gives them the opportunity to showcase the agribusinesses and the county. And we wanted to make sure that Walworth had the full opportunity to do that with an in-person finals at some point in the future. And I know people who are familiar with the Alice application process or the Alice hosting process know this, but I actually just had a coworker who came to my door and asked whether or not each county is assigned a year to host the finals, but it's not. Do you want to explain just a a little bit of the background of that? Because this is a lot of volunteer on the ground effort. It is. In fact, the counties are generally picked several years in advance and a county can choose to apply or put in an application to be a host for the finals. And we generally review those several years out and contract with counties at least two to three years ahead of when the county would be the actual host, because there's a lot that goes into, as you mentioned, there's a lot of volunteers, there's some fundraising involved. And so we want to make sure that the team is put in place at the county level, that the amount of communications in the county can happen so that they can raise the funds to really showcase the businesses in their county. It's hard to believe that a year ago in March, we were getting together for an Alice in Dairyland press briefing where they're announcing the candidates. And even then, we were a little hesitant about hugging, sharing greetings because the pandemic was first breaking out. Abigail Martin, I believe at the time, was being considered the longest reigning Alice in Dairyland. And now Julia Nunes is taking over, I believe, holding that position. Do you want to talk about that in the historical context of having an Alice in Dairyland who will essentially be the 73rd and 74th Alice. You know, it's interesting. You talk about the history of the Alice in Dairyland program, and it's made some changes over the years. I actually, I know Margaret McGuire, and she was the first Alice in Dairyland. She is uh, from our local area. And, you know, just to note some of the changes in the program, Margaret didn't actually even know that she applied for the Alice in Dairyland position, contrast to the extensive application process we have today. And Margaret actually mentioned to me that she served in this Alice in Dairyland role for several years and was doing activities for the state promoting Wisconsin agriculture beyond just the first initial year. The program actually was only intended to be a one-year program, and it was so successful they decided to make it an annual program. 
as someone who's been through that process, I don't think I knew all that historical context of it. Like you said, it has been great to see things adapt and change. And one thing that has really carried the program through is the partnership with individuals in the industry, a lot of our sponsor groups. What was that conversation like with them, whether it was our uh, Wisconsin Mink Breeders Association or Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin talking about making this big adjustment? Sure. And we certainly couldn't have the success of this program without our partners. And we certainly want to recognize and thank Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board, the Midwest Jewelers Association, and the Kettle Moraine Mink Breeders Association for their commitment to the Alice and Dairyland program and their flexibility throughout the changes that have been taking place since the start of COVID. And we really value and need their partnership in order for the continuation of the program. So we thank them very much. I know it's all still very fresh. Do they have any thoughts on agreeing to keep Julia on this year? Because she's got the foundation laid. She knows how to be a virtual Alice while we go through it. Absolutely. We communicate with our program partners regularly throughout the year to identify opportunities for improving the program. And certainly our partners, you know, especially Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin was involved um, in the process for making some changes. We're definitely working with them as we make changes for this year. And, you know, one thing you said, Caitlin, if I could, the virtual element of the Alice and Dairyland program. You're right. Julia Nunes has really done a tremendous job this year in really elevating the online presence of the Alice programming this year. We really want to make sure that she we build on that so it becomes kind of a staple and an ongoing element of the Alice and Dairyland rule because while virtual is great, we don't know that we will always be able to do in person. So the emphasis and the building of our online platform for Alice and Dairyland has really been a great learning experience this past year. Absolutely. And especially with teachers having to come up with new programming that they can share virtually and even people who are sharing recipes, spending more time in front of a computer and maybe scrolling through Facebook more than they normally have. I would like to imagine, I can't assume, but I'd like to imagine that you guys are reaching audiences that you've never reached before. Indeed. We've got um, accelerated interest in some of the ALICE programs, numbers that we've never seen before in terms of virtual engagement with stakeholders. And so that's something we really want to make sure we continue going into future years. And like we said, Julia has done an excellent job thus far. If people haven't already been following her, you can find her pretty much any social media platform, Facebook, Instagram. I'm pretty sure they have a Pinterest and also the Alice and Dairyland blog, alicedairyland.com. But one thing that's so hard about this Alice application process is not only is it rigorous, but it's a one-year term. Planning out when you are going to take that year to apply. Is there any concern about candidates who may have applied this year, maybe have maybe had that plan, who now might have to restructure? We totally understand the commitment to not only apply for, but serve as Alice is one that uh, takes considerable thought. And our hope is that going into the 75th Alice and Dairyland Finals, there will be time for people to give even more thought and planning to apply for the position and, and serve as the 75th Alice and Dairyland you know, 75th Allison Dairyland final is already going to be a big bang in and of itself. But now it'll almost be like a true reunion, a true comeback when this will hopefully be the first time in two years that we'll be able to celebrate the Allison Dairyland finals in person. And that'll be in right in Dane County. 
We are looking forward to a, a fabulous celebration of the 75th Alice in Dairyland, you're right, in Dane County. And it will be a fantastic event and we look forward to showcasing all that Dane County has to offer as well as some of the top candidates who will be part of that selection process. Thank you, Krista. And once again, that's Krista Kanigi. She's the administrator for the Division of Agricultural Development, sharing an update on how the Alice in Dairyland program is adapting in the pandemic. Our current Alice in Dairyland, Julia Nunes, will officially become the 74th Alice in Dairyland this May. Applications for the 75th Alice in Dairyland will be released in January of 2022, and the 75th finals will be held in Dane County as previously planned. Now, this year is supposed to give Walworth County another chance after hosting the finals virtually last year, and Dunn County was slated to host the finals in 2023. But Cap says plans for future host counties are still in development, and we will keep you updated here at the Midwest Farm Report. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kenton Riley. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's Donated Dental Services Program to see one, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll bring in ag meteorologist Stu Muck in just a moment, but first let's take a look at some of your current temps around the state. Right now it is 19 in Eau Claire, it's 19 in La Crosse, and it is 25 in Green Bay. So, Stu, just looking at the current temps, it looks like it's going to warm up about 5 or 6 degrees and be um, low 30s around the state. Is that right? That's about what we expect today, Josh, but along with that warm-up, there is that fog. Oh, man, we've seen a lot of that here lately, 
And we all, almost all of Wisconsin, is under a dense fog advisory until 9 a.m. this morning. Not just fog to limit visibility, but you know it freezes on to your car windshield, that back step, that little stretch of sidewalk, maybe that country on that night or that uh, corner of the road in the country out there where it's kind of shaded, protected by some trees. So don't be surprised by some slippery spots this morning. But beyond that, that's about the worst weather we have to talk about. Oh, that fog's going to stick around for a good part of the day today, limiting visibility and uh, making that real pretty winter scene as it freezes on trees and the like. And the temperatures will be more mild than normal. Mid twenties are normal highs, and I'd expect low 30s around here today, tomorrow, back to about 30 by Friday. Still mild, still above normal, and there's no big change coming up. In fact, low pressure is off to our southwest. There is just a little mix of some rain, freezing rain and snow in far southwest Minnesota and western Iowa. That's not going to push east and build across southern Wisconsin. In fact, it pushes further southeast. It's going to head down toward the Tennessee Valley. Really not have a big impact around here. What will mean that cloudy, foggy weather with the moist air today and tonight. And then we'll start to dry it out somewhat. Temperatures gradually cooling, but even through the mid part of next week, I still expect that we stay above normal. No major cold snap, no major winter storm taking aim on us. Sounds like a fairly mild and quiet pattern that's going to be around for the next seven. Uh, I'd go as far as about 10 days before things really start to shake up. I'll have forecast details after this. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. You know truck duallys, but have you thought about a dual career providing the ability to farm and work for great benefits? From farm implement parts to medical equipment to power tools, Signacast builds the things that help build America. Work shifts allow for 78 fewer days at work per year. Signacast is now hiring production and maintenance employees at their Hartford location, a clean, high-tech workplace. Build your future at Signacast.com slash careers. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report on a Wednesday morning. I'm joined live right now with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, out of everything that you just said, I think the biggest takeaway, the next 7 to 10 days are actually going to be okay in terms of a January in Wisconsin. Oh, absolutely. No major storms lining up, no major cold outbreaks, nothing like that. We start out today with that dense fog advisory till 9 a.m. We've seen a lot of that the last few days. It's around yet today and tomorrow. Could be a little freezing fog here and there. Maybe even looks like a flurry. Cloudy skies, though, today, low 30s, 32 or so, and the winds will be east around 5. Still some fog holding on overnight with cloudy skies. We don't cool a great deal. Back down, oh, maybe 24 with east winds at 5. Cloudy skies on Thursday, not bad, uh, low or mid-30s. 34, 35 degrees could be seen. The northeast winds about 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Friday, back closer to 30. The north winds at 5 to 10. 
Even the weekend, Josh, there may be a little sun trying to push through towards Sunday, but very upper 20s for highs, still above normal. Sounds like a great time to get some of those outdoor projects done. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's not 10 degrees out, so definitely we'll do that. Stu, good talking with you. We'll chat tomorrow. All right, catch you then. Yep. See you then. All right, that's Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. And just taking a look at your current temps around the state. Right now it is 16 and foggy in Wausau. It's 25 and foggy in Oshkosh. It is 21 in Mauston. It is 25 and cloudy in Whitewater. It's 21 and foggy in Shawano. Seeing that fog all around the state, as Stu said. And as always, for the Midwest Farm Report on a Wednesday, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds, someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than 1,000 people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A Skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, A neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
When it comes to myths, there are a few whoppers. The Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, and Advanced Concrete only doing the small jobs. In fact, Advanced Concrete completes small, medium, and large-scale legendary projects. Ask a contractor. They'll tell you. The Concrete Producing Company. The contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Your water heater works year-round to give you warm showers, clean dishes, and other comforts. Is it time for a replacement or an upgrade? Contact Dave Jones, Inc., your trusted service partners. Voted 2020 Best in Madison and Best in Monona. Give them a call for any plumbing, heating and cooling, fire protection, and electrical for your home or business. Call or text Dave Jones for service or a quote today. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. When someone is injured in a bad crash, they probably know that smart, experienced attorneys can help. But if they've never hired an attorney before, it can be easy to put it off until later, instead of calling right away to get the help they urgently need. Unfortunately, that delay can end up causing expensive losses on top of the harm someone has already suffered. At Clifford & Rihala, we understand how someone who has been injured in a crash may be confused or even scared to reach out for help. We understand how injuries, medical bills, and lost work can leave people exhausted and overwhelmed. Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim and work with experienced attorneys with a track record of success to help get you your maximum compensation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Jack Cohn throwing down. He says, I'm out of here. Obviously, entered the NCAA transfer portal. Jack Cohn on his way to uh, to be a fighting Irish. I uh, I know you kind of root for the Irish, Rowdy. They're kind of your secondary team, in, uh, right? Are they your secondary team, third team, like somebody you like to pay attention to? Yeah, I pay a little attention to Notre Dame. I'd consider them my second favorite yeah. team. So Jack Cohn going to Notre Dame. The story of Jack Cohn, obviously, um, we, we saw what happened this year. Uh, got hurt in practice, a non-contact injury, went back, kind of broke his foot, had to have surgery on it, and then, yeah, Mertz Mania then was unleashed with the game against Illinois where he Mertz threw five touchdowns and was, what, 21-22 to 22 completion, and everyone was like, oh, my God, we're going to the college football playoffs. Uh, and then Jack Cohn was never going to get his starting job back. He essentially got Wally pipped. Uh, Jack Cohn, if he doesn't get injured, though, would be the starter for Wisconsin this year. Um, you know, last year when Mertz came in, everyone was excited about Graham Mertz. Well, Jack Cohn was head and shoulders better than Graham Mertz in practice. Uh, Rowdy, what do we think of the now career of Jack Cohn going to Notre Dame as, don't forget, September 25th, your Wisconsin Badgers will be going to Soldier Field in Chicago to go against Notre Dame in the Fighting Irish. And Jack Cohn, does that add a little drama to the game? What do you think? 100% it adds drama to the game. Because if you remember correctly, that Notre Dame game was supposed to be played this year until all of the canceling non-conference and then the wonky, we're playing, we're not playing. Yeah. Then we're going to play or try and play eight games. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they were supposed to play Notre Dame originally. Obviously, it gets pushed back a year. Jack Cohn was supposed to be the quarterback going into this season. Obviously, foot injury foot changed injury, that. Wally pipped. And all of a sudden, Ian Book's graduating. 
Jack Cohn's got an opening at Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame, top 15 program pretty much the last yeah. Oh, they were decades. just in the college football playoffs, weren't they? They just... They did just get they got boat beat raised. down by <laughs> Alabama, but I mean it's a good, solid quality team. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you got the you know the prestige of Notre Dame. You have the the name, the history, and but, they yeah. have an opening at quarterback. And Jack Cohn, who I I like Jack Cohn. I kind of wanted to see Jack Cohn play this year, to be honest with you. After I saw Graham Mertz struggling, and uh, what was it? Was it the Iowa game, Rowdy? When we saw. Was that when Graham Mertz had, or not Graham Mertz, was that when Jack Cohen had dressed? Yeah, the Iowa game was where... Yeah, he dressed and he, he was fine. Graham Mertz was struggling and all of a sudden you're looking there and going, are they going to go to Cohen? Are they going to Cohen? And that was when all of a sudden Chase Wolf trotted yeah, out Chase there. Wolf. And it was extremely weird because Jack Cohen was dressing and for especially an for, an, for away. an away game. It didn't make any sense. Which takes up a roster spot. I mean, wh- why would you carry someone? Why would you dress someone if they weren't going to play? And then we come to find out that's the same timeline where Jack Cohn had, had said something to the staff that he was thinking about putting his name into the transfer portal. And I guess that's why uh, he didn't play. But, yeah, Jack Cohn has now <clears throat> tweeted it out. I, this is my favorite part about it all. This is hands down my favorite part about it. All of the Jack Cohn news we have had throughout the years, because remember when you know he start, was going to start the Pinstripe Bowl and his dad tweeted out that his son was starting? Do you remember that? Mike Cohn? Remember that, Rowdy? Yep. We The only information we ever got about Jack Cohn, if it was, I mean, the university's never really given any information at all. They don't have to. The only thing we ever got about Jack Cohn news-wise was from his dad on Twitter. That's it. For the first time, in more than three years, Jack Cohn tweeted out the news yesterday that he's going to Notre Dame. Yeah, it's pretty funny if you look at the, the Twitter, his Twitter profile. It still says that he lives in New York, yeah, and it's still his high school pictures on it. And as yes, like you said, his last tweets were like retweets for Wisconsin yeah. Badger accounts from 2017. Yeah. Not very active on the Twitter sphere. Do you think his dad was just like sweating bullets, like chomping at the bit? He's like, son, 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 let me tweet it out. Can I please tweet out that you're going to Notre Dame? Let, can I please do it? Jack's like, no, dad, this is my decision. I swear to God, because we joked about this before, that Jack Cohn's dad like wants to be viral. He like wants to be a Twitter reporter or something. Doesn't it seem like that? Do you yeah, think he begged his son to let him tweet it out? I mean, it's a big deal. It made the top headlines on ESPN, CBS. Yeah, it's all over the place. This is the most and if attention. You're not a, if you're not a good quarterback, you transferring is get... not going to go up on websites top headlines. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN.com, and the it's the last top headline. It says, ex-Wisconsin quarterback Cohen transfers to Notre Dame. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll get to your agribusiness news in just a moment as Farm Director Pam Yonke is standing by to join us and give us an update on a crop that is very uniquely Wisconsin. So she'll join us in just a second. But first, let's take a look at what happened on this day in history. It was on January 6th, 1975, that Wheel of Fortune premiered for the first time ever on NBC. But here's something that I did not know until this morning. Pat Sajak was not the original host. He's been the host since 1981, but the original host of Wheel of Fortune was a guy by the name of Chuck Woolery, and he left in August of 1980 because of a salary dispute. So 
Probably should have just held out there because it's worked out pretty well for Pat Sajak. Also on this day in history, it was in 1912 that New Mexico joined the Union and it became the 47th state. And it was back in 2001 that Congress certified George W. Bush as the winner of the very bitterly contested 2000 election. So now that you know that, let's pile on a few more facts. This time we're going to shift the focus to agriculture as Pam gets ready to join us. Did you know that it takes roughly five years to grow a crop of ginseng from start to finish? And ginseng can never be planted on the same land twice. And in terms of Wisconsin, American ginseng has been cultivated in our state since the 1800s. Now, it not only ranks first in the nation in production, but Wisconsin actually produces 90% of the country's ginseng crop. So with that, I'm going to bring in Farm Director Pam Yonke, and she's going to tell us of the struggles that our Wisconsin ginseng producers have been undergoing. Pam, the floor is all yours. It is getting even more difficult to be a Wisconsin ginseng grower. That industry continues to face headwinds regarding tariffs in their key markets like China and the economic upheaval the pandemic is brought around the world. Jackie Fett can tell you all about it. She's executive director of the Wisconsin Ginseng Growers. She says the harvest of 2020 went well, and they're hoping for better things in the holiday season. Yeah, so the our harvest was actually down a little bit this year. Um, due to probably uh, producers either, either leaving the industry um, due to the market price or um, maybe some other reasons just that they were ready to retire. Um, so, yeah, crop per, uh, production was down this year. We think by maybe 100,000 pounds, so our yield will be about 900,000 pounds this year, eight to 900,000 pounds. And overall quality of the crop was looking really good. Um, so that's, that's good news for the industry. Give people a little perspective on what's been changing, Jackie, hopefully to the betterment of our Wisconsin ginseng growers. Yeah, so the Chinese New Year uh, celebration this year actually is taking place in February. And, yeah, it's generally a really good time for sales for the industry as people uh, people prepare to give gifts to their family and friends. And ginseng is one of their top value gifts that they generally like to give to uh, their family. So we usually have seen a spike in uh, sales around this time of year, although we did not experience that last year uh, due to the tariff. So we're, we're, we have heard that there are some sales within the marketplace right now, but I don't expect that it's going to be uh, a, a large uh, impact on the industry because there is no travel right now between China and the U.S. So generally, if there were Chinese uh, families or tourists here, they would go back home for the holiday and they would be bringing Wisconsin ginseng as a gift. Well, obviously, with COVID, that's not happening this year. So our retail sales are down about 80% um, right now, and I don't really foresee anything changing in that in the short term. Jackie Fett, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board. Now, what they're doing is trying to hold virtual trade shows to try to get their partners within China to be able to sample the product, if you will, and get that holiday flow of Wisconsin ginseng into the hands of Chinese consumers. Uh, they are also working on developing relationships with other countries. Uh, Jackie says that in light of the pandemic, 
India has turned into a destination for a lot of Wisconsin ginseng, as uh, that culture is very focused in on immune health and constantly trying to improve that. So she said they've been able to forge a couple different partnerships in India to try to get our Wisconsin ginseng into that international market as well. Jackie Fett with the Wisconsin Ginseng Board. Pam, thanks so much for that. And in other news, it was earlier this week that U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue announced that the USDA will purchase an additional one and a half billion dollars worth of food for nationwide distribution through the Farmers to Families Food Box program. Now remember, this has been a big boost for the markets, the dairy markets in particular, and in total USDA has distributed more than 132 million food boxes. Yesterday, when market advisor John Heinberg joined me for a live conversation, I asked him to just talk about what exactly that announcement was going to do for our markets. We already kind of knew when the when the package came together for COVID, uh, there was going to be another $1.5 billion earmarked for uh, that type of a program. Never really got any details in that regard or, or official announcement. We did finally get that yesterday. Now, I have no specifics off the USDA email that came to me yesterday, basically, other than saying we're going to continue this and we got $1.5 billion uh, to put out there and how great the program's been in the past. So right now, I've, I would say the milk market's anticipating that coming in again. We don't know any, again, details in terms of when the spending is going to occur, but I would assume it's going to be probably sooner and later. And with that, you're seeing the February, March, April, May, uh, or April contracts trade limit up this morning on the anticipation of the government stepping back into the cheese business. Now, the food box announcement is better for some sectors of dairy than others. Like, it's really good for the milk markets, but it doesn't really do a whole lot to move the price of butter, for example. And I asked Heinberg to talk about that a little bit. You know, just having that extra demand being built in just helps support the market overall you know that we're seeing that on the grains it's a demand driven market right now same thing will ha- you know happen with the milk market over the summer you know the cheese boxes or the boxes that they put together the one is a dairy box itself so that does come across and help support all the other legs in terms of the dairy products but cheese is the biggest benefit benefactor of that same thing too they also have a box that's a mixed box that has uh, combinations of everything in there so that it will come again, come and help the markets out overall. Uh, but, you know, we really saw the impact probably in terms of the cheese markets uh, because of just that straight component going into those boxes. That's market advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend. Now, on the grain side of things, I'm sure that by now you have seen the enormous surge that we've seen in our commodities this week. Uh, for example, last week, March corn futures were up over 34 cents, and March soybeans leaped up more than 45 cents, and that heat has really continued. But Heinberg says one of the most telling things will be when the USDA releases next week's World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimate report. From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, I'm Josh Scramlin. Itching for a market update? The Midwest Farm Report will be right back with a look at the latest from the Chicago Board of Trade. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. All right, let's take a look at your opening markets from Chicago this morning. March corn is up nine and three quarters of a cent at five oh one and a half, and May corn is up eight and three quarters of a penny at five oh one and a quarter. January beans are up twenty five and a half cents at thirteen seventy five and a half, and March beans are up twenty eight and a quarter at thirteen seventy five and a quarter. As for wheat, March wheat is up four and a quarter at six fifty eight and a quarter, and May wheat is up five pennies at six fifty eight and a quarter. And then as for your dairy markets, butter's at one forty four and three quarters. Black cheddar is at 167 and three quarters of a cent and cheddar barrel is at 155 and a half. Your milk contracts are way up this morning. February milk is almost up a dollar. It is up 98 cents at 1885 and March milk is up 63 cents at 1866. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. It's that time of year for giving and taking. With so many people shopping online because of the pandemic, this holiday season, we are expected to have a record-breaking year for home deliveries and those pesky porch pirates. These adventurous thieves feast on crimes of opportunity, often finding their treasure in apartment complexes and vulnerable front porches. If you'd like to keep your deliveries, Madison Erie Crime Stoppers has a few package theft prevention tips. Have your packages held at your local carrier facility for pickup. Take advantage of Ship to Store for curbside pickup or check out Amazon's locker feature. You can request that your package have a signature confirmation upon delivery. Ask your carrier to place packages in an area out of plain view. Have packages delivered to your work. Schedule delivery for times you will be home. Have packages delivered to a neighbor who is home or install a video doorbell. Since they are already on your property and porch, some of these porch pirates will also check for unlocked doors. So make sure that the exterior of your home and any vehicles are locked up every day and night. If you have any information regarding porch pirates, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. The best thing that can help an American family's finances right now is a new mortgage loan. I can provide you with big monthly savings, skip a payment, and get cash in your pocket. Interest rates are crazy low. It couldn't be easier. You know, if you call me, you're going to do a mortgage loan if you qualify. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. And MLS number 222-652. I don't know. You didn't do much driving this summer. Are those tires really ready for a Wisconsin winter? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. Hey, they're ready to go. Their tire and service center is ready for your appointment now. Let's evaluate those tires before you end up in the pickers, huh? And it's easy to contact the folks at McFarland's, either online, mcfarlands.net, or don't forget about their talk text line, 608-643-3321. Let's take care of those tires today he can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away this is the midwest farm report with josh scramlin our local wisconsin meat processors continue to work through the backlog of animals and at this point in time there really is no end in sight 
Many of our processors are working as fast as they possibly can, but they still want to keep the quality that Wisconsinites are so used to. So it's really a double-edged sword. And at this point, none of us have the answers as to how we get through this situation. But to get an update on somebody that is experiencing this backlog each and every day, I bring in Nick Vorpagel. He is one of the owners of Lake Geneva Country Meats in Walworth County. Uh, Nick, every single processor that I speak to says that they are just packed to the gills with animals. I'm sure it's probably the same situation with you. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, there's so many farmers that want to get animals in. Um, we just have to send a letter out to all of our farmers. Uh, we've had a cutback on the number of animals we can process every week for a few reasons. Um, you never know. We could We could have a large staff closure. And if we have animals hanging that go past three weeks, that's not good for anybody if we're not working for two weeks. So we've kept numbers a little tighter to mitigate for that. Um, We've had people out sick, not necessarily COVID, but in abundance of caution, we're trying to make sure anybody that might have symptoms isn't in the store, right? So we're getting through less animals. Um, We also need more time to do the grinding and things like that for our retail. So for a number of reasons, we're doing less animals. And then there's also so many places that have closed down for reasons of not able to find help, reasons of not having business. Because in prior years, the problem was finding animals, not having too many animals, right? So all these places have closed down. We're going down in numbers. And there's people looking for more and more from local processing. It's not an easy industry to get into. Um, there's a lot of capital expenditures. There's a lot of licensing, and all for good reasons. But, um, yeah, it's just a huge backlog. It's heartbreaking. We wish we could do more to help. But at the end of the day, it's just too much demand and too little supply, and there's there's not much we can really do on the processing side to increase that supply rapidly. Just so we all know what we're talking about here, Nick, at your shop, uh, what species do you do, and then what is your harvest capacity? So we do beef, pork, lambs. Lambs are sporadic. Um, it depends seasonally. And, uh, you know, not too many people are looking for lamb compared to pork or beef. Um, beef, we would do 22 or 23 a week. Generally, we're down to about 17 or 18. Uh, we, can, we can process four to six in a day. So we're trying to cut basically a day's worth of production off uh, for the reasons I explained above. Pigs, we've gone from maybe, let's say, 40 to maybe 20. Um, one of the things that is in that number is we used to do a lot more whole pigs. People would, you know, whole pigs are easy, fast process. People like them for a good pig roast, a good party, and, and that's just not happening anymore. So we could do one whole pig in a time. We could maybe do four cut-ups, um, cut-wrap process for the freezer. So we're just not seeing that mix. So we've really had to cut back on that and make sure the pigs are what we really want to make sure we can get through in one day um, and they wouldn't hang in the cooler if something were to happen because those go bad pretty quickly. Here's the million-dollar question that I think so many people want answered, and it, it, it varies depending on who you call. But, Nick, say that I called you today and I said, hey, I have a few pigs and a steer that I need to get processed. When would you be able to get me in? Yeah, we would be looking at 2022, and we are not taking any reservations at this point. Um, We have a waiting list for 2021. The odds of it getting anywhere near a quarter of the way through it are are pretty low, in all honesty. So it's just, it's a tough thing, you know, and not very many people are canceling. So 
uh, even with the weighing list, the odds of you getting in are, are pretty slim. Twenty twenty-two. Wow, that that is that is nuts. But that is what I expected because I've had a, a handful of processors tell me twenty twenty-two. Jeez. Okay, G- going off of that, how do we even work through this backlog of animals, Nick? Like for a shop like yours, how do you ever begin to even see the light at the end of the tunnel? That's a tough question. I I think where you would see a really successful local food economy like this is, first of all, there's been a huge shift in consumer buying behavior, right, where people now are not going out to eat. So the economics of buying freezer beef, freezer pork, things like that work out better for individual consumers. You can't buy a chest freezer if you want right now because people have stocked up on those. Do we think that's going to be a long-term shift in consumer behavior or when restaurants are open, safe to eat at, is that going to shift back? I would say I don't necessarily think it's a long-term shift in consumer behavior. I think it's maybe a marginal shift, but not to the degree that we're seeing. So that's going to mean the demand for processing capacity probably isn't as high as it is right now. Um, Small places are always going to have some backlogs with how much you can get through how much you can pay staff, how much you can attract staff, how much can you keep staff, which is, you know, quite honestly the biggest hurdle on this, on this type of thing. Um, so if you hit a certain volume, I heard a guy doing a podcast interview with Joe Rogan uh, last week, and he said a small little processing facility could do 100 head of beef a day. <laughs> That's not small. Um, you know, he thinks it's small, but it's not small. So to be able to really process through these things, you need a regional center that a lot of people can send cattle to. You can invest in some automation to lessen the human impact, lessen the demands on staff, um, and also that the USDA will, will approve and want to work with. Um, today's farmer is looking for different things than yesterday's farmer in terms of how items are packaged, labeled. Uh, you probably want weights on every package. You probably want it cryovac instead of paper wrapped that's expensive so you need to have a a steady supply so to get through it i think you need to make sure from an investor standpoint from a business standpoint that you feel pretty confident customer behavior is going to continue to be willing to pay the premium up front for local quality animals and then you need to invest in a facility where you can hit some scale hit some automation and make it pay off for everybody that might be about as good of an explanation as I'd heard from anybody on the situation that our uh, local Wisconsin meat processors are dealing with. Nick Vorpagel, thank you so much for that. Nick is one of the owners of Lake Geneva Country Meats in Walworth County. They have a retail shop, but then they also do quite a bit of processing. As he said, they handle beef, pork, and then lamb. And while most processors are figuring out how to process more, Nick is actually scaling back because he has to keep his workforce healthy. And like he said, holding together the workforce to make sure they can keep up with the increased demand for processing, that is one of the biggest hurdles that he faces. If you called today and had to get a steer in, you'd be told that you'd have to wait until 2022. So just be patient with our Wisconsin meat processors as they are going through the fight of a lifetime and dealing with something they've never dealt with before. As always, if you'd like to get more...